Today's Happy Healthy You podcast is brought to you by Audible.com. Get a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial at www.audibletrial.com forward slash happy healthy you. Over 150,000 titles to choose from for your iPhone, Android, Kindle or MP3 player. Hi everybody, welcome to Happy Healthy You. On this podcast, as you know, if you're a regular listener, we talk a lot about following your bliss and finding a life that is whole in mind, body, and spirit. And certainly creativity is one of those really essential factors, for me anyway, in maintaining a happy place in my life. And my guest today, Luann Behan, has a really good story for those writers out there. I know there's a lot of you out there who feel like you have stories inside you that just want to come out whether it be in book form or in screenplay or poetry or even just journaling. So many of us have the gift of writing. And I mean, really, there's no reason why any of us can't do it. Right, Luann? So let's talk today. I'm going to bring you in. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, Luann. You have an interesting story. You're an attorney, but you're also a playwright. And um, I have the honor of working with you on one of your plays this week at the Kennedy Center. I'm so excited. Thank you for having me. (laughs) And thank you for being on the podcast. Um, Let's talk about your journey as a writer and how you sort of maintained a balance, because I think your story is, is one that a lot of us can resonate with, because you did maintain sort of a balance to keep keep yourself well I mean under (laughs) you keep yourself eating (laughs) and clothed and and under a roof so tell us about your journey as a writer well um, I I began quite young um, and that that was something you know when we talk to our children about following their passion that that clearly was my passion I mean that's what I did to comfort myself I I you know, from my earliest memories of, you know, my grandfather giving me a, a, a royal typewriter from the 1920s that barely worked and me sitting in front of it and playing reporter. Um, I mean, that's that's who I was. That's how I saw myself as a writer. And so at 15, I was um, um, given a music, music column in a local New Jersey paper, a weekly column, and that required discipline. I mean, you had to turn in something on, yeah. on the day you were assigned, uh, you know, the editor expected uh, you to have a story. Uh, and um, I re- recall being in the library and, you know, that's, I had to write something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, I, and I often couldn't write it at home, so it had to get done. And so that, that was a really good foundation for disciplining myself to write on command uh, and not put it off. And um, I had to work, and there was no money for college. And so it took me a while until I got to college. I was in my 20s. And finally um, put myself through, through school. And at that point, I was really tired of being poor. And a writer's life was poor. I mean, there was just no question about it that um, unless I achieved, you know, financial fantastic commercial success in a very short period of time, which was highly unlikely, um, I wasn't going to be able to to uh, support myself. Um, so I, I went to law school, and that was just a different kind of writing, um, and I enjoyed it very much, and did some pellet work, and did some trial work, and, you know, found another passion, and, and that was uh, medical malpractice, and pointed uh, a career in that direction. 
and I did some trial work in New Jersey, and then um, we moved to Northern Virginia, and <laughs> after eight years of practice, had to take the Virginia bar, and did that, and thankfully passed the first time, and, and set about to uh, create a consulting business, a uh, legal consulting business, working with other attorneys on their malpractice cases. And uh, that enabled me uh, to be the primary caregiver for my daughter, who was young at the time, and uh, allow her to follow her passion in theater and so forth, um, and still write and still uh, practice law. So uh, did that, and then when she went off to college, really went back to my initial passion much more seriously uh, with the playwriting and, uh, and the theater, uh, theater work. Gosh, that's crazy. We have so much in common. (laughs) We we definitely have to talk. So while you were working as an attorney all this time, did the did the writing thing keep gnawing at you? Did you did you still the creative writing? I mean, I'm sure you were doing a lot of writing as an attorney, but creative writing. And how did that, you know, when you heard that little inner voice, get back to writing, get back to writing or whatever it was, how did that sort of manifest itself? A a feeling of I look back and that was a good thing because it, it chronicled um, my life and, and for someone who might be interested in the future, there it is. Yeah. Uh, and so um, that was a, a time in which, you know, all of the information for characters were, it was forming in me. And I think, um, but, but most of the time there was a, a great unrest. Mm, yeah. There was, a, there was an unfulfilled need. And that unrest is um, sometimes what we need to just kind of give us that kick in the pants to get started. And how did you yeah. get started again after after you say your daughter sort of empty nest? Empty nest. Yeah. yeah, I just a feeling of okay, now it's my turn. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and uh, you know I, I I went to see uh, uh, Gypsy <laughs> and and uh, you know. Listening to the, the finale uh, and Rose's turn, and, and it, just, it just struck me now. You know, obviously Rose in, in a pathological way, but, <laughs> but 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 you know, now it really is my turn. So what am I going to do with it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, that I know. That's pretty inspiring to me too. That that whole, although she is a little crazy out of her mind when she's singing <laughs> Rose's turn, but it is just the whole idea. You know, I think there's something that's that's unsung in our culture about mothers who take the road that I took and you took, where we raise our children, we kind of do the right thing, we keep roofs over our heads, and then we go back when we have time and when, you know, we've done the work of motherhood and we pursue these creative goals. That's exactly what I did. And I don't think we talk about that enough. We always talk about having it all and doing it all. And I think it's creating a lot of kind of crazed moms. Yes. <laughs> so. Yes. And, and you know, you, you do make sacrifices. I mean, there's no of question. Course. Of course. Um, I made a choice. I could either have been a very, uh, I, I hope I would have been a successful trial attorney. And that would have been you know, a, uh, that's a formidable task where there are sacrifices that you make in terms of your av- availability to your child. And I, you know, particularly since God was only blessing me with one, right. um, you know, I-, I wanted to, at the end of the day, be able to say, no, I gave that my all. Yeah. Uh, 
none of us is perfect, but I did I did the absolute best I could, and you know I can say that now. Yeah. But I, I don't think I could have if I would have practiced law full time and and done it the, the way you have to do trial work. I mean, yeah. it's 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 a full 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 time job. Right, all consuming. So, what yeah. was the first foray into writing at that time? Because you wrote for a column earlier. How did you decide that screen not screenplays but plays were your writing? Um, actually, wanting to raise money for charity. Oh. Um, I founded a theater ministry um, at our church, and the the idea was to develop new work, and because there was. The church said, well, we'll give you the space, but we can't give you any, you know, any startup money. And so we, we raised some money to, to do, I mean, a really small amount of money to, to, to do a first production. Um, got a whole bunch of volunteers together. And um, I don't recall, this was in 2005, what the first charity was, but it was a, a local charity, I think, having to do with the homeless, but I'm not entirely sure. Um, and that was the goal, that we would you know, put on a show and raise money. And, of course, anything that required royalties, we, we can do. So, okay, I guess I have to write something. <laughs> so um, I wrote a musical, um, and it raised several thousand dollars. Wow. Uh, and, and, you know, I said, okay, this is what I really, I, I like doing this. This is, this is good. <laughs> This is what I need to be doing, and uh, and then just you know began taking playwriting courses and so forth um, to to fine tune and uh, literally read. You know, in the course when you do medical malpractice, you have to learn to become an expert very quickly. Mm-hmm. If you're doing a case uh, with a a botched up gallbladder surgery, you have to know everything about the gallbladder and the the various you know, common bile duct and, and how the ways in which it's injured and so on. Uh, and you become an expert in that if that's what your case is about. And so quickly I became an expert on what needs to be done to, you know, proper format for musicals and, you know, what works, what doesn't work, the, the 11 o'clock number and the, you know, and so on. So um, it kind of went from there. And then we began... Um, there was a call to entertain in nursing homes, and we didn't have a script, so I wrote something called A Christmas Wedding, which is an interactive uh, play uh, to be done with um, uh, in the uh, remembrance uh, units of the nursing homes that deal with dementia and Alzheimer's patients, and it was, it was very successful. We actually, we actually did that two or three times. Wow. That's fun. How much fun. And you never were inspired to write a medical malpractice musical? No. <laughs> Who knows? No. Maybe medical one day. Practice the musical. No. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about this play. Now that you have several plays under your belt, the play that we're working on together this week, talk about Birthmark. How did that come about? Well, I wanted to explore the way secrets and lies reach into the next generation, even when a parent tries to protect the child from the truth. That whole concept just interested me. I went to Philadelphia to, um, after searching and finding these videos online of uh, wheelchair dancing and went to visit uh, American Dance Wheels Foundation in Philadelphia when they were doing an instructor weekend. And 
I was absolutely blown away by what I saw in terms of the beauty and the elegance of dancing with wheelchair patients and a standing partner. The joy on the faces of the patients when they were moving. And these were both patients who had been born using wheelchairs and then patients who had, you know, had an accident or something happened to them and then had to be confined to a wheelchair and soldiers and so on. And every one of them just really, really were enjoying of being able to social dance. And some of them were incredibly good at it. And I could see the athleticism that it took and the, the energy and it was just it was just great. And I knew that I had a show. What there a was. unique idea. Yeah. Do you well, has that's it... the other thing that people have said. We had a reading in, in April at First Stage in McLean and the audience response was this is this is cool. No one's done this before. Um, we didn't know what to expect, but this is this is very different. Yeah. So hopefully. Yeah. Um, it's always good to be the first with anything. Yeah, I've I've certainly never heard of it being done before. I think I think it's it's I can't wait to see how it turns out. We start rehearsals tonight. So um, tell me about my character, maybe really quick. What did you have in mind? I love the script. It's so funny and it's so heartfelt. And um, but my character Annabelle, she's a she's. Where did her inspiration? Where did the inspiration for Annabelle come from? Because oh, Annabelle is is a compilation of several different people in my life, um, and she's. She's kind of clueless about her own behaviors. Um, she's narcissistic and not necessarily a nice person, as we learn at the end. Um, and, you know, she has a bit of resentment toward her daughter. And so we see another theme in the show is resentment and the poisonous nature of resentment. Now, having said this, it is a comedy. Right. But, um, it, you know, as all comedies, there there is that underlying theme dramatic theme because that's what makes us laugh, the, the juxtaposition of how sad to, you know, oh, this is funny. Right. Because we, we see some of these bad things in all of us. Sure. Um, so she she um, she has many, many uh, facets uh, to her. She does. Uh, I found a few layers already, so and I've just begun to get to know her. So I'm I'm excited to uh, to play her. So let's talk about the Page to Stage Festival at the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts. How exciting is that for you to bring your play there? It's, it's very exciting, and it's actually the second year I was asked to do it. Oh, so, it's amazing. Um, yes, uh, the last year um, my musical One More Night was selected, and then this year uh, the straight play Birthmark. They run this so well, um, the way they do everything at the Kennedy Center. Um, it's, it's, it's phenomenal for new, for new or even uh, for established writers. I know one year Ken Ludwig brought, uh, brought one of his new shows there. And it's an opportunity to reach people that you otherwise wouldn't reach with your material. Um, you get incredible feedback. Um, last year, we were in a space that seated 100 people, and there were people who stood in the back for the entire two-hour presentation, and 85% of them stayed for the talk, talk back. Wow. So uh, that's, you 
know, these are people who really enjoy theater. Um, and then when they give you feedback, it's valuable. Yes. And we should say uh, the performances are free at the Page yes, to Stage yes. Festival. They, so. they, you only pay for parking if you drive. And the Kennedy Center runs a shuttle. So I think they run a free shuttle from Foggy Bottom Metro. That's awesome. And they, they run shuttles from other locations. You'd have to call and, f- and find out. But, but they do run shuttles for this. So they really make it quite easy for people to go. We're going to talk about a little more information about that at the end. But before we do that, let me pick your brain, and maybe you could give some advice to some aspiring writers out there. What advice would you give to someone who might be interested in sort of um, just tapping into that that writing? And maybe they're getting that little nudge from their spirit that, that it's time to start writing in whatever format. Um, what What advice would you have? Actually, very simple advice, do it. <laughs> uh, you, you have to do it. I mean, you have to write all the time. Um, write about everything. Uh, and listen. You have to be a very good listener. The, um, now, if you're a serious playwright, we have just formed a Northern Virginia uh, alliance, and uh, we, our next meeting is September 8th, and we meet at the Gannett Building um, in McLean. So um, if people are interested in that, they should get in touch with me and, and we can talk about that. So if they're, you know, again, serious playwrights, um, we, we have a group that has formed. That has also formed into subgroups of people who want um, small groups to kind of bring pages to and read um, and get feedback from their small group. They meet in each other's homes. Um, it keeps them writing. You know, you know, for me, you know, I, I write. I, as I said, I started out saying that that's a discipline and it's usually not a problem. Um, some people say, no, they get distracted. Oh, I think I'll do this. Oh, I'll think of that. Right. Oh, I didn't write anything today. Well, you know, the, having, it's, it's like a Weight Watchers meeting. You know, right. you, you have to get your way in. So, um, so they, they do have those as well. And then there are, there are other playwrights groups, you know, from in Maryland and there's a, Playwrights Forum in Maryland. I belonged to that for a while, and that's really good. Again, they meet in a library or a church, and and you know they read each other's work and give each other pointers. Yeah, so just, a lot of a lot of help available. I and think of course, there, there are is. playwriting courses at Theater Lab. There's playwriting courses at George Mason University. Um, you know, there's a very serious program at Catholic University. So there's um, there's a lot of opportunities uh, for writing. And there's their writing coaches and, um, yeah, just, just start writing. So writing, writing even in a journal every day, just a few. Uh I, I I love Julia Cameron. She wrote a book called The Artist's Way, and she recommends that every day you write three pages longhand, uh, come hell or high water. You just, you just write. I've done that many times. Yes. That's kind of my go-to get back on track. Yes. Yeah. Um, Yeah. That's a really good reminder. And feed yourself. I mean, you, you have to, you have to feed those creative juices, whether for you it's a museum visit, for me it's a walk in the woods, you know, everyone is different, but you have to do that because if you tap your mind out, then there really, there's nothing left. Yeah. Yeah. And meditate. I'm a big meditator, so I'm, I'm, I think yes. that's where a lot of inspiration comes through for me. So for more information about the Page to Stage Festival and Luann Behan's play, Birthmark, in which I play a bitch, <laughs> sort of, okay, yes. a bitch with layers, 
once again. Um, I've done that a few times. So uh, for more information, how can we find out about this, Lorraine? It's on the Kennedy Center website. And birthmark is at 8 p.m. on Saturday, August 30th. One performance only. Be there or be square. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, yeah, the, the you know other information for other shows all on the Kennedy Center website. And they give you little blurbs about the show. There's a little blurb about birthmark. Um, and uh, you know they even tell you, for example, birthmark has some mild cursing. Um, you know you might not want to bring your seven-year-old. Um, and then they have some shows that are adult shows, and they let you know that. And they have some family-friendly shows, and they tell you that as well. Yeah. Basically, it's going on all day long. But yes. ours, is at yes. eight, ours is at 8 p.m., August 30th. Thank you, Luann. I'm looking forward to uh, working with you this week. <laughs> Thank you so oh, much. Same. Thanks for coming on the podcast and inspiring all of us. With your, oh, you're very welcome. With your creative writing story. So. All right. Well, I'll, I will see you soon. so much for listening to Happy Healthy You. And just for you guys, the Happy Healthy You listener, Audible, the awesome audiobook people, are offering a free 30-day trial to give you the chance to check them out. I always have about three audiobooks going at once. I listen when I'm driving. They're great on long trips, when I'm running, or just hanging out at home. To download your free audiobook today, go to audibletrial.com slash happyhealthyyou. Hey, you'll also be helping support this podcast. So thanks. Thanks.